All right, it's a great weekend here. It's nice and dry. Last weekend, some of us gathered at 4th of July at our CTK at the park, and we're all huddled under an awning and rain and getting pelted on, and so it's just nice to be inside and uh, have a beautiful day here. But again, if you're, you're new with us or online or in person, we're just glad you jumped in. This is a great weekend for us. We're starting a, a new teaching series this summer called Flourish, and it's not something we're just doing, but across our county with the other uh, partners with our CTK churches. Right now, there's going to be a message that's going to be communicated from Blaine, downtown Blaine, uh, Ferndale, downtown Bellingham, and Sudden Valley. Uh, we're, as campuses, is doing this, this series together with some of my friends and I. And you're, there's going to be different people actually coming in the summertime. I won't, I won't be the only voice communicating this. But our idea with Flourish is that we, we find that summer, at least, is a great time to relax. Great time. Maybe you just got back from vacation or you're gonna, you got vacation planned. There are some days, in fact, we get in later in the summer, we call it the lazy days of summer, don't we? And it seems like a lot of people just lay back and chill and it's a great time to do it. And if you don't do that this summer, you need to do that, okay? You need to take the foot off the gas pedal at some point to be able to relax. But when, sometimes when we relax that way and just kind of let things go, some of our disciplines of life kind of slip a little bit, don't they? We, we start kind of, you know, drifting a little bit. Maybe our church attendance drifts a little bit, or maybe our, you know, our small group took a break, and so we're not really connecting in community. And it's just the nature of summer. But what happens sometimes, we can find ourselves, well, I've seen it a lot, flake out a bit. We've seen people just kind of, you know, kind of do their thing. And then, and then nothing wrong, again, with relaxing. Nothing wrong with this, you know, doing what you're doing and kind of maybe a less of a schedule. But we can find ourselves in this drift that if we're not careful, what we can do is kind of compromise a little bit of our convictions. Maybe what we're doing, what we're watching, who we're with, what we're thinking about. Uh, maybe not thoughts of the Lord as much as maybe other things that maybe distract us away in a bad way. And so with that, we can compromise our convictions, and then we can feel a little bit shame, and we can feel a little guilty, because we've kind of over here. And then we, it, what ends up at the end of summer, maybe, or end of a season, even maybe it's not just a, a summer season, but a season where we find ourselves away from God. And like, well, what happened? Well, there's a slow drift away where we kind of flaked out a little bit. And I think a lot of times what it does is it leads us a little bit empty, leaves us even a little bit apathetic about life. And it happens to all of us. And I think collectively, we've kind of seen this in the last few years with the pandemic, and now where we're at now is that some people, you know, stayed away or pulled away from people there because of fear, because of a real virus that's still in our world today. Um, some drifted away because they were about other things rather than what the center of Christ. And then there's these people that's kind of just used it as an excuse to flake out. And they kind of floundered in their faith, really not flourishing their faith. And so we've decided together this summer, like, let's just be intentional about growing together and, and, and actually developing our faith to be stronger after the summer season, not weaker. And that's the commitment we have. And, and we've seen this drift a bit. You know, in, in the American church, I mean, we've seen statistics of the half the people are attending church nowadays. You know, we've seen the divorce rate in as Christians is still the same as non-Christians. 
the percentage of church-going men and now women viewing pornography is about the same as what the world is. Two-thirds of young adults who grew up in the church are now dropping out, dropping out of church or dropping out of the faith. Individualism, consumerism, you know, political reasons. There's all these things, all these happenings. There's a lot of excuses for a lot of it, but it does tell us a little bit the church itself, at least in America, is floundered. It's kind of flaked out rather than flourishing. So all that to say is, why, why talk about this? Well, hopefully we, we're stirred a little bit. You know, a lot of people, and it's a good thing to pray, and I've been in church life for many years now, but the old, the old school people used to pray for revival. Maybe you've prayed that prayer, and it's not a bad prayer to pray. Is Lord, bring revival. Over and over, I've learned what revival is. Revival isn't a church meeting. A revival isn't something that's gone out here that inviting people to. Revival starts right here. Revival starts in the heart. It's what's stirred within us. And to do that, there, there needs to be the right environment to do that. There needs to be something that we put in us, in a sense, of, of, that comes through us. There's an there's a inward work that Christ done. You know, many of you know John 10, 10, you know, that the Lord wants to give us, Jesus came to give us life, and that abundant, that abundant flourishing life, it doesn't come out of thin air. As much as everything that Jesus has done for us, there are, there's our part, pick up, pick it up. This great salvation God's given us, this work of grace, what are we going to do with it? And so we're just talking about flourishing, and since we're going to be using that word throughout the summer, let's just define what flourish means. Flourish means this. To grow or to develop in a healthy or vigorous way, especially as the result of a particular favorable environment. Now, I think the, this phrase here, favorable environment, I want to camp on. It'll tie in with what we'll start our series in Scripture off about this. Because we find ourselves, if we're not in the we are subject to our environment. So you, I don't care who you are, but you're going to be you're going to be affected by your environment, whatever that might be. If you're with a bunch of negative people all the time, you're going to probably end up being a very negative person. It's just the way it is. As much as you're being strong, you know, if you're, if you're in, a, in a job environment, and you know that, that work, and it, you know, I want a different culture, a different place, you can either try to influence that, or you will be influenced. We all know environments matter, especially even now in, in our nature. You know, we had a very harsh winter. Can you remember winter? Uh, there was a few days, at least a few cold days that we had and in the springtime this might have happened to you i've talked to a few people where some of your plants and bushes and trees died that you had a couple years ago we we planted some some trees and all everything else was leafing up and you know and we look and like they're just sticks of wood there's nothing happening these two and and i i was hopeful my wife was like they're dead dan they're dead like i think they're i see i see buds on i you know i see a little and, and the reality is they were dead, and we had to rip them out and plant new trees. But it's interesting, we had some pots on our deck that we pushed against the house, and we cluttered them all together, you know, pushed them all together, and these little tender, which were just annuals, they, they really don't necessarily survive the winter, survived. I tell you, that's favorable environment. They were in the right place, they are protected from the wind, and they're, they're huddled together, and I think there's something of a spiritual practice that we can do of getting ourselves in the right environment. In fact, that's what we're going to talk about. This whole series is about spiritual practices and spiritual disciplines. Now, I, when you hear the word discipline, you're like, oh, it's just not a fun word, isn't it? Like, I need to be more disciplined, right? 
But it, there, to do that, there's some practices to put ourselves in the right place and the right environment will help us grow to do that. And so not only are we doing this series on Sundays to come, but throughout your week, we want to give resources. And we have a, a page, it's ctkchurch slash flourish. And on that page this summer is a bunch of resources. In fact, different of our campus pastors recorded different spiritual practices, just three or four minute videos. And there's some little follow-up that you can do. And you can watch that throughout the summer. And as we talk about each week, these different topics of spiritual practices that we're doing that. Also, I'm really impressed today that came right fresh done this morning. Everyone who wants one is a gift for you. It's called More Than a Hike Guide. Last year we did we did a take a hike with God. This year is more than the hike. I really appreciate Klesina, who's I think she's downstairs working with kids. Jane's in the back, helped contribute that. Chris, you did a fantastic job of putting this together and designing this beautiful booklet. And it's designed for you and I not to do indoors, but to go outdoors and, and go on location. So each of the devotional guides through the summer, you can do them out of order, but if you're near a mountain, you know, with your family, you're camping or something, pull out the mountain devotional guide. If you're, you know, near a beach somewhere, if you know where a beach is, you can do that. There's a river, there's a, there's a, there's a place here for sunset, sunrise, you get up early in the morning, all these different locations that you can do a little guide and take it along for you this summer. Again, find, putting yourself in right environments, putting yourself in a place that you can grow spiritually, help you flourish. Our purpose, though, is not religious activity, okay? But there's practices that we can do to choosing connection. Our theme is choosing connection in a very, in a withering world, okay? Just by yourself, you know, the elements of life that hit you, that you will wither away if you're not connected to God, you're not connected with his body, the, the church. Richard Foster in his classic book, Celebration of the Disciplines, it's a, it's a book to read on the bucket list for your life, he says this about disciplines. Really what they are is God has given us the disciplines of the spiritual life as a means of receiving his grace. The disciplines allow us to place ourselves before God so he can transform us. Place ourselves before God so he can transform us. There is a tension on your part to get in the right environment, the favorable environment in which you can grow and you can flourish. That's our desire to do that. And today, across our, the five campuses that are participating in this, we're all speaking this morning on one particular passage to start off this entire series, and it's the very words of Jesus. They're very, very familiar. In fact, if you did our John study back in the fall, is that right, John? What did we do, John, last fall? We did where we talked about this passage in the Bible on growing Spiritually and staying connected. And it's John chapter 15. So I want you to turn with me this morning. I hope you can, if this is very familiar, I hope they can just refresh you and read this of the themes of flourish that comes out of it. It's Jesus' words. He says this, I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. 
No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me, and I am you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, how many remains are there in that? Jesus has a theme. Remain, remain, remain. Now, what does that mean? Because you, you read that and you go, okay, remain. Okay, well, the, the word, it might be in your Bible translations, is the word abide. And it's this word in Greek, minio, which means to stay in place or state of mind, continue to exist, waiting in hope of expectation of something in the future. Waiting in place, spending time, staying where you are, state of mind, continue to exist. That's what remain means. That's what the word abide means. It's a favorable environment to be in. It's not that, the remain the word, it's not that glitzy or very exciting word, is it? It's just not that, it's like, oh, we're, you know what we're going to do today? We're going we're gonna to remain. You know, just there's nothing exciting about that. And yet, that's the very thing that Jesus is saying for us to do, for us to experience him staying connected into the vine so that we, our lives can flourish, ultimately experience the fruit. And we'll talk about it here in a moment. So it's really about good old-fashioned faithfulness. In fact, today's truth what we have for us is this. When we choose to remain, when we choose that favorable environment to remain, we will flourish and fruit will follow. Okay? When we choose to remain, we'll flourish and fruit will follow. So how do we do this? Well, in your notes, or you can follow along if you've got them on the, the digital, it says this. The first thing I, we put down here is this. Pruning, how to do this and how to flourish, pruning is painful loss, but has greater purpose. Pruning has painful loss, but greater purpose. Jesus says this. He says, the gardener, he will cut off every branch in me that bears no fruit. The gardener will cut every branch that bears no fruit. And there's two aspects of, of pruning, of course. There's removing the dead wood and then also trimming the live wood for potential of greater growth. If a disease or a limb is dead and it's infected, you know, bugs or some kind of disease or something. It needs to be cut off because it'll affect the entire tree. And we do that. We know that in our plants. We've done that. You've done that before. If you're a gardener, you know that. But it's very difficult when it's human beings that happens to. People that we know, I, I know, that have lost limbs and different things. Amputee, my daughter's here today, and she has a friend. We were just talking about last night. She has a friend that uh, deals with incredible amount of pain all through her body. In fact, her, one of her legs in particular. And they're recommending, here she's just in her early 20s, to amputate below the knee so that she can have a better quality of life. She's actually contemplating this, right? Because she would have to get continual surgeries on her, on her, her leg the rest of her life and continue dealing with pain. Is it worth to do that? That's what she's wrestling with, right? That's a big decision that is a young person to go through. There's severity to that. And I think we need to recognize at what severity do we want to cut away spiritually in our life. And here's our question. What is dying or dead in your life right now? You might go, I hope it's not a leg. I hope it's not a limb physically. But what is that? I love, well, I, I, I love, I mean, I, the description of it's pretty, pretty specific in Colossians chapter 3 
where Paul lists this vivid description. He says this in, in the message. He says that, that, that means of killing off everything conducted the way of death. Sexual promiscuity, impurity, lust, doing whatever you feel like doing, whatever you feel like doing it. You know, feel like it. Grab, grabbing whatever attracts your fancy. That's a life shaped by things and feelings instead of, instead of by God. It's because of that kind of thing that God is about to explode in his anger. Another translation, his wrath would be poured out. Pretty severe. It wasn't long ago that you were doing all that stuff and not knowing any better. But listen to this. But you know better now. So make sure it's all gone for good. Bad temper, irritability, meanness, profanity, dirty talk. Don't lie to one another. You're done with that old life. There's severity of cutting off, which pulls us down to a dead and decaying world that, that we would live in, that, that's withering away. How do I flourish? We've got to get rid of the dead wood. So asking God as the gardener, Remove the sin in me. Lord, this is a sinful thing. This is lead, it has roots, it has branches to it. Lord, cut as far as you need to do. And sometimes what happens is you'll, you'll come along, God, can you just cut this away from my life? And, and, and you know, here's, here's some little clippers. Lord, here's the little set. And then he says, no. I'm going to do a little bit more, just a little bit, just a touch. Right? You feel like stubby, right? You're like, I don't know, you know. And that's just part of our lives that, that he's wanting. Remember, he's the pruner. We're not do that. I mean, there is the work that we can do. There's intentional effort, Paul says, to get away from that and cut it away. But the Lord is the one that does that, that deeper work. Not just for correction, to remove the old deadness in our life, but also for growth. I've shared this a few times when we talk about this passage about my, my, my family. We had fruit trees as a kid. Every February, my dad would go out and he had this long extension pole with a cord and he would cut the, all the, on the fruit trees, all these, you know, shoots that shoot straight up. I guess that's why it's called a shoot. shoot. And they would, he would trim them off. He would pull them off and we, it, there were the, he called them the suckers. And so then he wanted me to go out and pick up all the suckers. I'm like, I think I'm the sucker picking up all these suckers. But, you know, as you had fruit trees before, you prune them way down. I mean, I tell you, there's some summers where we, we had so many pears on our pear trees that it, the, the limbs were going to break, and so we'd had kind of prop them up, the limbs, because there was so much fruit. That's the desire God wants to do in our life. He wants us to give it. He wants our lives to be fruitful. But there's severity at times where he's trimming away in our lives that he's doing this work. In verse 2 and then into 3, Jesus says, When every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so it become even more pr fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. He's saying this, the word of God is this cleansing work that I'm doing in you and in that there's some pruning I, I, I do to take care of the, the, the new shoots and there's nothing wrong with the new shoots. It's like is those bad? No, there's some new growth that's there and you're thinking that's wonderful but sometimes what happens if we don't care, take care of the pruning in our life we become ingrown. And so the vine dresser for the vineyard, what they do is they would thin the vines. They would cut out if, there's, if it's ingrown. I'm going to ask you, are, is there anything ingrown in your life? There's there things, there's a clutter that's, that needs to be thinning out, that you need to be thinned out. And some of you are like, you know, my hair's thinning, 
And my waist is getting bigger. So that's, you'll figure that out. But um, all I'm saying is, you're like, thanks for the reminder for some of us older. But what needs to be thinned out of your life spiritually? Is there, is this actually a great time in, in the summertime? What are some margin that you can have in your life? Are you so busy, and maybe even with a bunch of spiritual activities, that it really doesn't have a lot of meaning? There's not really a lot of growth. Where are some things that you need to thin out? What are some activities that you should stop doing even so that you can have greater growth? Of, and see, because the vine dresser, what happens is they cut those away, so then the sun would shine down and nourish the, the remaining, the remaining uh, branches. And so what is it that you need to create some space and, and do that? Some pruning needs to take place. So there's the thinning. There's also the pinching and the hanging. So there's repositioning happens. And so what happens is that, you know, the, I, I've never been to a vineyard, honestly, so, but it grows, the vines grow down into the ground. And so what they got to do is they've got to lift them out of the mud and dust and dirt. And, and then, then they would wash. That's kind of where he talks about the washing of the word, washing the vine. And then they would, they, they'd pull it back up so it would, have a, it would be able to grow. In your life, there might be some repositioning that you need to do. There's some changes that you need to take place in your life to help you in the pruning process to go. I think for you, Matt, that's happening. The season with the Sutherlands has passed. It ain't your season or whatever we had. And, and, and so it's a loss for us. But it's going to be a gain. God is going to bring. In fact, we've had some new council members come on our team. And so that's been wonderful. As, as, and God has you in a new place. He's repositioning you for greater growth. He's not done with you, okay? You're not just going to golf every day. I know some of us fantasize about it. There, God has a new plan, right? And grandchildren, a new, new life that you have there together. But that happens in our life, right? There's this growth. And what I find is sometimes this is a challenge with the growth. This is the challenge is this, is sometimes God has mentioned, you do the little clipping along and God does the deeper cut, you'll question sometimes, and I've questioned sometimes, really God, do you have to cut that severe? Really God, it seems like we had good potential, good things happening, and then a pandemic, really? You know, this happening, or these people moving, or this happening in your life, and these seasons and changes in our life, that we begin sometimes, honestly go, God, did I do something wrong? Now, that's the first question to ask. It's, not, it's an honest question. Did I, Lord, did I do something? Did I sin? And, and, it, and you go like, oh, okay, okay, that was me. That was my fault. Or is it possible as you value it, like, I don't think I did anything wrong. I don't think anything in my family did wrong. I don't think we're, I think we're about your will, Lord. God comes along and says, I, I want growth in your life. I really, really do. But you let me do the pruning. You're going to let me ask the what I, I am. The, I am the perfect vine dresser. I'm the perfect God. Because what he's doing, I find, is this. It's not just removing of, the, of, of sin, but at times he's removing of self. Because sometimes self gets a little bit more about us and what we're doing, and we become a little more ingrown. I've seen that in churches, and I... And, Fortunately, our churches, our season, we've got a lot of people, there's a lot of daylight, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of changes, and so, but sometimes if groups and things, and maybe you're in a small group, it used to become ingrown, and you love everybody, and you're in everybody, but is there any growth for other people? Is there any opportunity for other people? And so, where does the pruning take place? Sometimes, all of a sudden, a couple does move away. Okay, God, who do you have next in the next seats to be a part of whatever he's doing? So, the loss can lead to gain, and God, at times, and I think this is the challenge with where we're at, that 
we will actually start questioning God's will to such a degree in the pruning process. And that's the challenge. When we get to the actual place where we're going, God, really, why are you doing it this way? What ends up happening is we grow past out of our immaturity and our lesser priorities, what we think for this greater abundance that God has. There's a greater work he's doing, but there has to be a loss. It's all part of just the nature process of pruning in our lives, but it's all for the greater growth that's there. And I know we will. We will question, God, why? Why? Seriously, why are you doing this? Well, how you respond to the pruning process makes a huge difference in your life. You can continue on and be upset and have resentment toward others, resentment for God, or you choose something differently. And I think to know this is that in the fruitfulness in our life is know this, the process is just as important for maturity than the results. The process is just as important for maturity as results. We live in a very Western mindset. Results, results, results. We love, we love to see the bottom line. If it's, if it's dollars or if it's people in seats or how many clicks and likes on something that we know that's successful. No, it's just demographics. It's just, it's clicks. I mean, it has a place, but is that how we're measuring our value and really outcomes? See, I think at times we got to recognize much of it. God's priorities are not about profit. It's quite different. God's economy is more important about the process that we're going through. What he wants to accomplish, yes, to win the whole world and reach everybody for Jesus, yes. But what he wants most is us. That's what he desires the most in our life is us. The relationship with us. Look at verse 4. Jesus says, remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. You can't bear nothing. You can't produce nothing. It's only what you bear. Bearing is, is, is through the connected to the vine. It's through relationship. But many times what we do is we try to manufacture fruit. You know, in fact, right now, we got some fruit here. And uh, it's not all real, okay? So from, some of you from the distance here, if you're in, in, online, uh, you might be able to see this. Uh, it, it's not all real. And, and so I just want to do a little demonstration here and see. Uh, raise your hand if you think uh, this is the real fruit. Go ahead and raise your hand. You are, okay, 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 all right. How, that's okay. How many think this is the real fruit? Okay, you're with me on this. Okay, good. This might be a little, this one might be a little, this one's a little bruised here. How many think, how many think, how many think this is the real fruit? Okay. How many think this is the real fruit? Oh, okay, I got some of you. This is the fake one, okay? These are fake. Okay, that hurts. My teeth. Now I left teeth marks. Now it looks real, like some of you read into it. So I know it's kind of kind of phony. Right? But here's the thing. We many times we go after the fake. We go after the things, you know, you can make these with a 3D printer. You're like, how do they do that now? They, they make houses with 3D printers now, okay? So it's amazing technology, but there's nothing on this earth, no manufacturing, at least in our lifetime, I think it's going to happen to make a crisp, beautiful, bite in it, you know, sweet apple. No, only, only God can do that. And I think we're running after fruit, fake fruit, many times in our life. 
And somehow we just try to manufacture it. And what really is Jesus talking about remaining truly is relationship. Jesus' ultimate purpose is not that you and I will do more for him, but you will choose to be more with him. Let me say that again. Jesus' ultimate purpose is not that you will do more for him, but you will choose to be more with him. It's favorable environment that you're going to have true fruit in your life. All the manufacturing, all the different things. And again, nothing wrong with spiritual practices. That's what we're trying to just be. But it's the being part, not the doing part that matters. There's a place. There's a, there's a setting in which we do that. But the outcome is so beautiful. It's so amazing. Because here's, the, this might seem simple to you, but maybe it's profound. Jesus not only loves you, but Jesus likes you. You know, we've said that in Christians, you know, we say, you know, oh, we love, I love you, brother, in the Lord. What you're saying to me is, you don't really like me. You just love me because you're supposed to love me because that's what Christians do, right? I love him in the Lord, you know. It's like, well, it's not really, you know, but do you want to hang out with me, spend time with me? Jesus wants not, he not only died for you because he loves you, he died for you to be with you, to like you, okay? So when Jesus, you know, uh, Swipes his phone, his the, the lock screen is your picture. Right? You, you and I, how could the whole world? Like, no, he'd just be able to do that. He 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 likes you so much, he just wants to be with you. He just wants to spend time with you. And through that, what happens, Jesus says this: greater love than knowing that this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friend if you do what I command. Now, there's a little bit of condition to that. It's like saying, you know, Jesus loves you and died for you, but there's a little condition here of to be friends with Jesus is to spend time with him. If you really want to be a friend of somebody and have close connection, it's going to time in. It's, it's, it's conversation. And so through obedient relationship, we can have this close friendship. What's the outcome? I love at the end of 15, it says this. I, he's, Jesus says, I no longer call you servants because servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I call you friends for everything. That's a big word. Everything that I've learned from my father, I've made known to you. Everything? Everything. Some of us, like, we pray, and you might even be here today. You might be a season in your life. I've got choices to make, and I don't know what to do. Should I do this, or should I do this, or should I go here, or should I stay this? You know, should I, you know, what should I do this week in my, my, my job or my home or whatever decision you make? And we pray this prayer. We go, Lord, I want to know your will. Lord, show me your will. Well, there's your will right there. If everything is, I don't want to keep friends because I don't want to call you servants because a servant doesn't know what his master's doing. You just do what you need to do. You're told you're, you're, it's a, you're an employee. Jesus says, I don't want to employ, employ relationship. I want a friendship with you. Because guess what? If you spend time with him, everything that the Father has from the heart of God to you, you'll know. Everything? Well, it says everything. It's a, it's a growing, progressive relationship with him. And it's not just knowing knowledge in your future, but knowing the heart of God. That's what he desires for us to experience, this deep friendship with him. Well, the outcome is amazing, and what we get to experience to do that. I'm going to jump to the last part here. Jane, I'm going to jump to the last part here, is real fruit. So how do we experience real fruit? 
Real fruit comes trusting in the ultimate outcome, not ours. I'm sorry, trusting in his ultimate outcome, not ours. Because what we want, because we'll do this, we'll pray for God's will, and we also will tell God what his will is in the process. You know, God, I'm praying for this, but I hope this happens, happens th- this way. It's like, are you? So you're, so you're in charge? Is, is that how? <laughs> no. No, it doesn't work that way. This is what he says as he says, back to John 15, 5, great, great verse to memorize this week. I am the vine, Jesus says, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear, what? Much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing of eternal value you can do on your own. There's no way you are going to be able to produce, you produce fake stuff, okay? The real stuff, the real fruit, the real thing. And I think a lot of times what we find is this bearing versus producing. And again, there's intentionality. Don't get me wrong. I mean, spiritual practice, you don't just do it. You don't just go, oh, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to, there's my little growth guide. Okay, God, I'm going to grow, right? This is, you know, osmosis. Do you ever do that and study for a task? Like, let me just put the history book and all these words absorb my head, okay? I pray those before and I failed the task. Like, God, where were you? Like, you didn't do the work. You know, there's a work. The Bible says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God who works in you to will and act according to his good purpose. That's the work. There's a part that we're doing. But it doesn't just religious producing activity. We bear fruit. It's a fruit of life. Well, what is the fruit? Where do we get the fruit? Where does it come from? Well, it's very clear. Galatians tells us this. That the fruit of the Spirit, it's love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's faithfulness, it's gentleness, it's self-control. That is the fruit of our lives. It's not the outcome part. God will bring the outcome. God will bring the outcome. If you're, if you're closely connected with Jesus, you're going to have a better marriage. If, you're, if your spouse is also going direction, and I, 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 when I do marriage counseling, I met with a couple the other night, you know, and I say, you know, Jesus, Jesus is, the, is your focus for both of you. When you grow toward Jesus, you're going to grow toward one another, Right? If a person in your life is a friend or spouse and they're, they're not walking with Jesus, it's going to be a tough, it's like alignment in your road. You're just, you're, you're caught in your car. You can't, can't get that, that compatibility. But if you're both walking with Jesus, right, it's a beautiful thing. There'll be outcome. But what's the outcome? A better marriage? Absolutely. But also love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control comes out of it. It's the same thing with your job. At the end of the day, you can't control the outcomes or what happens to that, but you can have a better work environment because you are thriving and flourishing in a, in a desert sometimes. That there's no atmosphere, but you know you find a favorable environment with the Lord when you have that. So friendships, greater influence, all those tie in. Yes, they're all outcomes and results can happen, but he's in charge of the results. You're not all your job. You can't produce anything. It's just to bear it. And the bearing comes with remaining, remaining, being faithful, faithful, faithful. And I think right now, for some of us, we struggle with that faithfulness. We struggle with that. Galatians tells us this, you know, do not become weary in doing good, but at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. Let's not give up. Let's not give up. Let's, let's hang in there. Faithfulness is the results of it and through relationship with him because we really don't know the outcome of our lives or what might happen. I invite Chris to come as we close in prayer. This this last week, 
our community lost a great person. Um, my, friend, my friend Doug, and he was a friend of mine, business friend, was uh, just in his office. Someone came in and shot him seven times and murdered him in Ferndale. You might have heard of, of uh, Doug Scoggins. He's owner of Pioneer Post. CTK are part of, part of our community in Bellingham and connecting with us. Um, a, a incredible loss. And we, we were affected. Like, in fact, one of the gentlemen in our church, his, his daughter, talk about faithfulness. She, she worked in his office eight, for 18 years. It was her last day of working there. She was in the back room and heard pop, 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 and, and knew what was going on. She literally got out, jumped out of a window and all. It was this horrible, horrible thing. But our, our, friend, was, our friend was gunned down. Who knows, disgruntled employees. So we, the, there's some history with this person. But tragic loss that's happened. See, it's interesting. Doug, I uh, did, I did a kickboxing class with him early morning, 5 a.m. I know, 5 a.m. And we do these exercises. And he invited me to do this. And, and then he goes, we're going to damn five days a week. And, like, I ended up doing three days a week because I needed, I needed another day to not move. And, and then, you know, it just was so much. But Doug was a faithful person. He was, he was faithful in his business and his relationship. He wasn't a perfect person by no means. He had a lot of struggles and things, but he was very open, he, a person. I, I saw Doug a couple weeks ago just walking in the park with his dogs, and I had a great conversation with him and just some of the things he was sharing with him. Doug is actually, his company is the one that would, is contracted to build our building, by the way. And I remember talking with Doug in the parking lot right here, and he goes, Dan, instead of remodeling this building, would you consider looking at building a, a new one? Doug was, that was the conversation that turned us toward, and it was, we believe, is the right decision that we need to do. So there's a loss that's there. So we don't know. We don't know. You could have 88 years. You could have 108 years. God bless us. We lived 108. Or you could be 58. You don't know. But what we do know is being faithful today. And in that, being faithful and remaining and connected, we'll, our lives will flourish in relationship with Jesus. Being faithful to that, the fruit will follow. Fruit will follow in your life. The fruit that the Father wants us to bear in and through us. Don't you want that? Don't you want the real? Man, I, don't, I want the real. There you go. I want the real stuff. Now I'm going to pray with my mouth closed. Will you pray with me? with my mouth full. Mm. Thank you, Lord, for sweetness. That's good. It reminds me of communion. It reminds me when we, we taste of the bread and drink the cup. There's a reason, Lord, you did that, is to, to taste the fruit of the vine. The, the taste it. You said, taste and see that the Lord is good. And there's some goodness to what true fruit really realizes. Lord, we, we come before you right now and God, I just, I just sense that people would say, man, I've been faking it. I've been faking it. And, and I've been fooling a lot of people. Lord, I, I, I want to come before you. And Lord, will you remove the deadness in my life? Lord, will you remove what's not of you? Will you remove my, my false humility that I'm acting like I got it all together? That I'm serving you, but I'm, I'm doing it for the wrong motives? To get attention, whatever it might be. Lord, remove the dead wood. But also, Lord, we... 
We put ourselves under you as the great gardener to prune away, even if there's a little bit of fruit, for the greater work you're going to do. And Lord, some right now are in that place of faithfulness. Some of their, some people are hanging in there right now. They're hanging in in prayer for their kids. They're hanging in their prayer for their parents. They're hanging in there for their spouse. There's some, there's some laboring in prayer, Lord, even right now I sense for people. Yes, Lord, I, I sense there's people that are just weary in doing good. Lord, will you remind them the goodness is what you will bring. The fruit will follow. And what will come out of it? We don't know. We, we want to see the outward change of lives, and we want to see growth and everything. But, Lord, what you end up doing is maturing us into these beautiful people that are like you because we've stayed connected. We, we stay connected to you, Lord, in a withering world around us, Lord, because we are in a favorable environment, your very presence. And so I pray encouragement from each person here. If there's someone here that's not connected with you, may they know it's a prayer away. Jesus, become my Lord, become my Savior. I connect myself to your life that you have, this beautiful, wonderful life that you will do a great work through me, Lord. You are the producer, I, producer, Lord. I just have to bear, Lord, this beautiful fruit that you give in and through me because I'm staying connected with you. Lord, we choose to flourish today, starting this day forward in this summer, we pray. And Lord, we pray with, for the Scoggins family. It's a loss for us and those connected, but the loss of this daughter who lost her, her, her dad, a, a significant other lost like a spouse into her, Lord. There's, there's loss. Or they lost a son to this, this week. So the parents are still alive, God. There's so much loss. Lord, will you be with this family? Some way, somehow, Lord, you will bring fruit from it that will glorify you, Lord. I'm glad Doug knew you. I'm glad he's with you. Lord, be with this time of loss, Lord. In this pruning time, Lord, there's greater growth of what you're going to do, and we trust you for it, Lord. Be with us as we go now, in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand. We're going to just close in this song. If you need any prayer about something, maybe right now, I just felt like there's a few people going, man, I'm in the thick of it. I, I'm trying to be faithful, but I want to give up. Don't give up. There's people that will pray with you in our care and connection team up front here, as well as in the back. Um, we're going to sing this last song as we're trying to be faithful. Will you just declare God's faithfulness, his yes and amen to believe for today? Have a great day. Let's sing together.